This is the Onto Something Podcast, and my name is Zane Witcher. This is a space for people who crave a lot out of life, but they are unsure of how to get there. We're in the final episode of Restless today. This one is one that I want to speak to because a lot of people, when it comes to the topic of rest, feel like it's ideal, but it's not realistic. That your season of life, that The situation that you're in just doesn't allow it. And I want to speak to that because here's the thing. You can always say it's not a time for rest or it's not ideal. And what we're going for is not the ideal. So this is the final episode. And I do need to make another disclaimer that in this episode, we do talk about sex again, which means if you have small ears around you or you're a person that likes to play this episode out loud, if you'd like to save yourself from some awkwardness, you may want to use some earbuds or just use with caution. That way you don't have a weird conversation at dinner with your family or friends, people being like, what in the world were you listening to today? Okay, so I wanted to give you that heads up and be on the lookout for what is coming next, because this is the close of part two, which means part three is coming. So if you're not on social media, if you're not on our email list, you're gonna miss the fun that's about to happen and also the future giveaways. But let's go ahead, closing out part two by talking about this one. Rest isn't always sexy. At the first mention of rest, people are always delightful. People always want to talk about it. They want to unpack it. People think to themselves, wow, yeah, rest. That sounds really nice. But nice doesn't get us there because those feelings tend to disappear when we wrestle with the reality of creating space for rest within our weeks. In many cases, many of us land in the camp that basically says something along the lines of, you know, rest may be ideal each week, but it's not realistic each week. It seems like people exit off the highway of rest as quickly as they merge onto it when they first hear about it. In my experience, there tends to be three main roadblocks that cause the road to be a dead end for a lot of people with a weekly routine of rest. Here's the three common ones that I hear the most. First, is I would love to rest, but there's just too much work to be done. Second, I love the idea of rest, but my phase of life doesn't allow it because of, and then fill in the blank. I've heard them all. Grad school, circumstances, kids, housemates, phase of life, you get the picture. The third one is the assurance of, I can't rest during this time in my life because I can't rest the way I want to rest. All three of these explanations, although they have some logical arguments, tend to take the driver's seat, not just for one phase of life, but a lot of phases of life. Because here's the thing, if you never practice rest, no matter what state you're in, it's hard when you get to different states of life to change anything. It's like life becomes a carousel. And it goes around and around and around. And in each season that we don't practice rest, we never get off the carousel. As I've said many times before in this series, rest takes wrestling. And I want you to wrestle with me 
with these three arguments. It's worth you wrestling over them because rest not only reveals something about you, but it reveals something to you. And I don't want you to miss it. At least know the reasons why you resist it and the reasons that could be on the other side if you did do it. So before we sign off to part two, before we label rest as idealistic but not realistic, let's talk about what you may miss out on. Rest doesn't just soothe our current reality, but points us to our future reality. This has been one of the whole points of Sabbath. It's one of the emphasis in Judaism that since creation at the very beginning, rest has happened and rest will happen at the end as well. It not only reminds us of the beginning of our stories as a humanity, but the ending of all of our stories as humanity as well. It's the completion of not only looking back at the words of Genesis, but also remembering the back of the book in Revelation. I remember laughing out loud at one of the things that I heard in my research when people talked about Sabbath, especially that was practiced uh, within people who practice Sabbath today. If you ran into someone who was sick on the Sabbath, one of the formal responses you were to say to someone was this, you must not complain on the Sabbath because soon you will be healed. Oh my goodness, could you imagine saying that to someone? Talk about kicking a person while they're down and out with the flu or anything like that. It's almost humorous because it seems insensitive to say that to someone. But there's actually intentionality behind that statement. It's not insensitivity, but it's a practice of perspective. It's an act of faith. It's a statement of reminding both people that our current reality is not our future reality. It's not anyone trying to predict the future, but paint a picture for the future of when it comes to life with God. Through the promises of God, we know that one day we will rest from all of our wrestlings we experience in life. Can I say that for you again? Can you take it in in your soul? In the promises of God, we know that one day we will rest from all of our wrestlings we experience in life. All of them that are inside you right now. Injustice, racism, hate, image consciousness, conflict, hurt, stress, suffering, agony, agony, longing, all of them. Those wrestlings have an expiration date. And rest is a way of practicing the future in our current day. When we don't take time to rest, we don't take time to familiarize ourselves with what will be true for everyone someday. We miss the opportunity to experience a moment of resting from our wrestlings. We miss an opportunity to practice the state of being that we will all find ourselves in with God. Time is eternity, writes Abram Heschel. How delightful is that? Time has the ability to point you towards eternity. Do you remember that time when you were a kid and you were having just a blast doing something? Maybe it was playing on the playscape or swimming around in a pool for an hour or so. 
And then you asked your parent or your caretaker or whoever it was, do we still have more time? And they answered, yes. You remember that feeling? Maybe that was just me because I was such a paranoid only child growing up of like anything that was good, it was going to immediately be taken away from me after a couple minutes. But that's the power of time. That time has the ability to point towards the delight when we feel zero restrictions towards time. Can you imagine that feeling you felt as a child? Feeling that all the time? Creating time in your week to rest, however much or little you can give to it, gives you an opportunity to experience eternity in a small and tangible way. And if this is the case, why don't we do it? Well, my answer is that rest not only reveals that to us, but it also reveals something about us. Rest or our lack of rest, you know what, let me get this away from being sterile. Your lack of rest, that's right, you, reveals your perfectionistic side. How we long to have our world in order before we rest, or we want to be perfect as we rest in it. And the major thing about wrestling in this world is that if that's your mentality, you will almost assure yourself you will never get rest, because the to-do list is never going to be done. It's actually an act of faith to say it's not done and I'm still going to rest from it. We can't be perfect in the midst of our rest because the world that we rest in is not perfect. And I guess really the best way for me to illustrate what we experience, I guess logically is the experience of sex. So let me, let me try this illustration and see if it gets there for you or not. We wrestle with sex. And yes, I know that sex sometimes does involve wrestling, but that's not the point that I'm trying to get at here. Okay, stay focused with me. We tend to wrestle with the ideals of sex. For those of us who have never had sex before, we have high expectations or assumptions about it. And those of us who have had it have had the experience of wrestling with it being different than probably what we imagined before we ever had it. I think one of the biggest pieces of fake news stories about sex is the idea of sex being perfect. Let me go ahead and assure you, if no one has said it straight to your face, it's not. A lot of us who are in relationships look around and we wonder if we're the only people that are experiencing that, that we're trying to grapple with what we think about sex. A lot of this is just the connotation of simply, we don't have very many spaces where we actually talk about sex. And I'm kind of back and forth on whether that's healthy or not. But when we don't talk about sex as a whole, which I know that has to be unhealthy, we let people like Zane sing songs like Pillow Talk, and then we think, oh, okay, well, that's what it's got to be <laughs> be like, right? Hmm, not saying that I'm against Pillow Talk. But sex, making love to another person, is imperfect. We think maybe because of what we hear in lyrics and what we see on TV, or maybe what how we hear other couples just send us their sexy version of talking about sex. We think that it's exciting, it's natural, it's fast, it's easy, it's pleasing every single time. 
and this could be further from the truth. Sex takes time, and practice, and attention, and it's messy, and it's imperfect, and it takes communication, and it takes awkward conversations. Many bring ideals into the bedroom and unexpectedly find out those aren't realistic in the beginning or at all when it comes to making love to the one that you're with. One of the biggest expectations that people bring to me as um, a minister is uh, talking about timing with sex. A lot of people don't think about how much goes into it, and this tends to be one of the biggest expectations that blow up on brand new couples. One person is feeling it while the other person is "Eh, just not feeling it. One person is ready to go and reaches completion way before the other person even gets into it. And don't get me wrong, there's a good time to be had within sex, but a lot of people go into the bedroom expecting that you will be on the exact same page or have the exact same feelings or the exact same amount of pleasure at the same time. We think idealistically instead of realistically. When sex at its best is a moment when two people are coming together to reunite themselves in the love that they have for one another. And it's through physical and emotional outpouring to each other that it happens. It's a rhythm of connecting to one another. And here's the thing about this rhythm that's shared over the years. Even though it's imperfect, there becomes moments of perfection in the midst of all the imperfections that happen with sex. That timing actually can play a part in it. You know, I've heard that as people go through their experience with sex, that couples talk about moments where the timing is perfect, where they're both on the same page, where they're attentive to one another, and both of them experience pleasure at the exact same time. And after both people reach completion, there's this moment of peace that they have in the world. There's this moment where like nothing else matters right after you've had sex. And even though everything else in the world hasn't changed, you for just that minute or two afterwards have changed. Even though everything else isn't perfect in the world, you're at peace for even just a minute or two afterwards. And this is what actually makes a lot of couples jump into the hard work of emotional intimacy year after year after year because they hit those perfect moments. And they even find delight in the imperfect moments. That moment I just described, though, where a couple feels it at the very end, that moment of peace, that's a gift of experience. It's one of the ways that marriage is a gift from God to point to the reality that's ahead for everyone. Because in that state, in that state of peace and tranquility and feeling like everything else is right, even though everything isn't right in the world, that's the state of the future reality that's to come. It's almost as if God is able to give a couple something to share in that points towards the future of God. What you temporarily feel in that moment is what we will all at some point eternally feel for every moment. 
if I had to guess, it's probably even greater than we expect than in that moment. What am I trying to say with all this? Because some of you are just so uncomfortable about me talking about this. I guess what I'm trying to tell you is rest and sex have some similarities. Not all of them, though. It's not perfect, but it has the potential to help you grasp the perfection to come. Just because it won't be perfect doesn't mean you shouldn't try to imperfectly share in it with God. Out of the imperfect moments come these glimpses of perfection to come that help you crave the next time. So now, hear me clearly. I'm not saying that to understand rest, you have to have sex. I'm actually saying the opposite. Rest is the universal experience of how all of us can encounter and grasp the peace and solitude and tranquility that God is going to give all of us in the end. That what God created in the beginning can also be experienced in the end. Rest helps us begin the process of craving eternally beyond ourselves. It will be imperfect right now, but we wait for a moment of perfection through the imperfection. This is what we're waiting on within rest. We're waiting for the brief moment. As one writer put it, there are those who gain eternity in a lifetime, but there are others who gain it in life's brief moments. In other words, we can work away our lives never touch anything below the surface, and overwhelmingly experience eternity at the end of our lifetime. Or, we can seek rest and in very brief and rare moments, catch glimpses of what eternity will be like in the next life, in this life. It's setting ourselves up for unexpected moments of true rest. This is what we're waiting for in rest. There's something about the future waiting for us in the present when we rest. Rest reveals we're all perfectionists. It's in our DNA as human beings, and we don't have to let it be a roadblock in our life. We can let our perfectionistic side become our longing. It can become our drive to search for the only one who is perfect, which is God. And we take brief moments in our days in weeks to rest, to remind ourselves of the perfection that is to come. So here's how you wrestle with capturing the brief but life-filling moment of rest. The next time that your time of rest is coming to close, consider asking yourself this question. What did I experience today that may point to the eternal experience to come? Was it a laugh? Was it a conversation? Was it a deep sigh of relief? What was it? What do you experience within your time of rest that can also turn you towards what the eternal experience is to come? Not all the moments are going to be perfect. Of course they're not. But if you catch that brief moment, it may sustain you longer than you know. Or maybe asking the question, what was revealed to me? through taking time to dwell in the world instead of trying to make my place in the world? Is it the goodness of God? Is it the taste of a strawberry? 
Is it connection with another human being? What is it? Now, as we reach the end of part two of this series, I want to ask those of you who still haven't established a rhythm of rest, why not start right now? You're going to be able to find a reason in every season. And the best part about rest is it's like any other discipline. You get stronger at it the more that you practice it. Sure, it may be imperfect. Sure, the kids are going to get in the way. Sure, a grad paper deadline is going to get in the way. Sure, you may not experience a a sense of rest the first couple of times you try it. But it's worth the practice. And it's worth the potential to experience a brief moment of rest in the midst of your wrestlings. Because when you do experience that brief moment of rest, it can sustain you longer than you can ever imagine. Let me put it to you this way, friends. Many of you have too many wrestlings that you can't not take time to rest if you want to wrestle with them well. If you want to wrestle well with the world, it starts with resting well. And in many ways, once you experience that brief moment of rest, rest doesn't become a wrestling anymore. It becomes a longing. And let me tell you, whether you know it or not, that's what your heart is longing for the most. May you find a rest that you long for. This is the closing of part two, which means that we are close to part three coming out soon. Let's go ahead and make sure that you are in the loop and we will be letting you know about part three. We'll also be giving some things away. So that's really fun as well. And know that we want to hear from you. So let us know what was really great in this series. If you got to listen all the way through, give us any feedback, any ideas, anything that you'd love for us to talk about or interview someone in the future. Until next time, friends, may you remember that you are onto something.